The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hello there and welcome to Art of the Pivot. I'm your host, Mark Jeffries. And today we are joined by Luka Mucic, Chief Financial Officer and member of the executive board of SAP, the world's number one cloud business software company. SAP solutions help businesses innovate, transform, and manage their business operations and customer relations. As the company's Chief Financial Officer, Luca is responsible for global finance and administration, investor relations, and data protection and privacy. And besides his role as CFO, Luca oversees SAP's sustainability efforts. In addition, Luca also leads SAP's Business Process Intelligence Business Unit, bringing together the company's experience, helping customers understand and improve their business processes with data and intelligence. All right, that's a lot going on. Luca, welcome. Where do we find you today? Yeah, thanks a lot, Mark, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, indeed, I mean, you're finding me today in my hometown in Waldorf, where also SAP's headquarters is. Now, probably Waldorf will not be familiar to you. It's a small town, about 15,000 people, around 60 miles south of Frankfurt. And there's not too many special things about Waldorf, except for two, perhaps. Uh, we have some of the finest uh, white asparagus in the world. I actually just <laughs> had some for lunch. Uh, and secondly, we season. also raised some of it's the season, absolutely. And we also happen to raise some of the finest uh, enterprises and entrepreneurs uh, in the world. Uh, 250 years ago, actually, we, uh, uh, Waldorf was the birthplace of John Jacob Astor, who then immigrated uh, to the US and became the richest man in, uh, uh, in uh, America, actually, by fur trading with the Indians. He founded uh, Astoria in Oregon. And then uh, from the money that he got, he bought almost the entirety of Manhattan's real estate. Uh, so the Hotel Waldorf Astoria is, for example, uh, uh, originating from him. Um, and uh, secondly, obviously, we brought up SAP here 50 years ago uh, by five former IBM colleagues. And that has certainly been uh, Germany's uh, most successful startup uh, um, story um, after World War II. Uh, so we're excited about that. I'm often told uh, why in a town that is uh, only living on asparagus uh, and a tech company could emerge. Uh, but uh, it's because we have many large customers uh, around. It's an economic powerhouse here in the region. We have BASF, we have Daimler, Bosch and other large companies around. And so our founders were able uh, to co-innovate with them early on during SAP's history. And that made it uh, successful in the end. Uh, so uh, a bit more than asparagus to raise over here. My goodness. Yeah, I was actually in your neighborhood a couple of years ago and, and tried the asparagus. It was astounding. But clearly there's something in your water because an enormous amount of very successful history. It's fantastic. And of course, you are CFO for, well, it's a $30 billion and rising global company. Really broad and diverse responsibility. You know, in, in the introduction, as I'm actually saying the words, I'm thinking, how does this person have any time? So you lead corporate finance, data security, you oversee the company's sustainability initiatives. So my question is, with so much going on, how do you actually define your role as CFO? For me, but I think that is not exclusive to SAP or to my role. I think CFOs have certainly in the last 10, 20 years raised their profile overall. Um, I consider my role the one of... Uh, um, let's say a navigator on a big ship, right? I mean, there is a captain, the CEO, uh, who defines the strategy for the ship, uh, but then he has to rely on a navigator to chart a, a safe passage uh, to get to the target, to meet the objectives yeah. and uh, uh, fulfill the strategy. And that's all about the role of a CFO, as I see it. Um, 
We clearly have our traditional stewardship responsibilities, uh, making sure that the money uh, is spent wisely, uh, that we are acting in a compliant fashion, that we support as a business partner our business units uh, in uh, having uh, access to capital that they need to drive their own individual business strategies. Um, and also to drive the transformation, uh, which is obviously getting more and more important as uh, kind of volatility and uncertainty in the global economy is mounting, um, that this is pushed uh, forward. And I think in the current uh, situation, um, even before the pandemic, but even further accentuated uh, during the pandemic, it's very evident that CFOs have to bring a lot uh, to the table, um, both in terms of driving business continuity, uh, a lot of our processes in finance uh, in order to cash, for example, um, are really, really keeping the companies uh, alive. And uh, we have to make sure that they're running in a resilient and uh, um, efficient and agile fashion. Uh, we have to ensure liquidity um, so that uh, we can actually continue to meet our obligations. But we also have to uh, you know, work on opportunities, in particular during uncertain times, identifying those critical pieces on which you have to focus uh, and then really doubling down and being bold and investing into them uh, rather than leaning backwards and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, anticipating the crisis uh, with uh, um, being afraid, I think is very, very important. And uh, CFOs have a critical role to play to identify um, those critical areas of investment. And then finally, as you pointed out, I'm responsible, uh, responsible for sustainability. Um, at SAP. And that to me is really becoming ex essential. Um, you have to have a long-term orientation towards holistic steering of a company, bringing together the key financial performance, but also non-financial performance metrics in order to make sure uh, that uh, you have proper functioning uh, ecosystems and networks uh, that uh, you give back to society and therefore has, have also a right sometimes to ask from society and of course, also uh, have your contribution towards, uh, you know, solving uh, probably the most mounting challenge uh, that we are facing as mankind, which is obviously uh, the environmental and uh, climate change challenge. Um, so from that perspective, uh, it's uh, yes, it's a quite a uh, quite a mouthful of work and uh, responsibilities. <laughs> but after all, it comes all back uh, to ensuring uh, that the company is running a tight, but also a directionally uh, well targeted uh, ship and uh, that's uh, what I'm trying my best to do. Very much so. A lot of balancing going on, but it's a well-oiled machine. And you're very public with a promise, which is all about helping your customers run at their best by supporting them to become an intelligent enterprise. And of course, it's an ambitious promise. It's bold. And you've already used this word bold. That seems to signify so much of what SAP is about. But do me a favor. Could you define what is, from SAP's perspective, an intelligent enterprise? Yeah, I think that's the bold part of the statement, uh, enabling our customers to become intelligent enterprise. I would say probably every software vendor would argue uh, that uh, they are helping their customers to run at their best uh, by you know, improving customer experience or becoming efficient internally. But the intelligent enterprise notion is an extremely important one on which we believe we have very differentiated capabilities. So what characterizes yeah. an intelligent enterprise? First of all, for me, it's the embodiment of an agile enterprise, uh, an enterprise that is able actually um, to swiftly change and adapt end-to-end -end business processes across organizational silos and bringing those together uh, in a rapid fashion in the wake of new business models and therefore the need 
um, to um, to change their business process landscapes. Um, it's uh, an enterprise uh, that is steered based on intelligent data insights and empathy, which is not a contradiction in itself at all. Um, I think it's uh, the embodiment of an enterprise that has uh, access uh, to vast amounts of uh, internal performance data, but also softer external data sources like uh, um, sentiment data from customers, uh, their experiences, and is then able um, to rationalize these insights into action, into continuous transformation. It's a connected enterprise as well. Today's yeah. companies yeah. are not operating in a silo. They have extended supply chains that they have to interact with. Um, and it's an enterprise that is taking care of all stakeholders, including their employees, which are a critical source, helping them to develop drive to their best performance, uh, uh, nurture their talents, uh, um, and many other aspects. And from SAP's perspective, uh, we have indeed a portfolio of solutions and perhaps even more important um, business process knowledge and capabilities that can help customers and companies um, to move into this direction. Because we have a modular um, suite of um, enterprise business process applications that is unmatched uh, and is uh, integrated and allows customers to really run these agile end-to-end -end business processes in the cloud. On top of it, uh, we provide business networks, uh, allowing them um, to extend across their four walls um, to their suppliers, to their logistics uh, partners, uh, um, and other constituents. Uh, uh, we have sustainability management solutions uh, that allow them um, to really um, gain um, insights about uh, their carbon performance, uh, their contribution to the circular economy. Um, and we have uh, business technology platform solutions that allow them to harness mass amounts of data uh, for intelligent insights. And on top of that, we provide the market leading experience management uh, solution called Qualtrics, uh, which allows them to get access to all of the sentiment uh, data outside uh, the four walls as well. Um, and uh, that is actually um, our vision. And we have plenty of customer examples uh, where we uh, actually bring this vision um, to life. Uh, think about Vodafone, for example, one of our largest customers in the telco um, industry, um, which is an industry that is dependent on uh, mass uh, um, you know, data processing. Uh, and uh, they had challenges uh, to really um, uh, get value out of the data that they had in their mass customized systems. And we were working with them, bringing them on our new end-to-end um, -end, uh, business suite uh, in the cloud uh, with S4HANA um, as a flagship solution, our ERP next generation architecture. And now they have really real-time access uh, to uh, all of this data that they can use for faster decision-making, faster financial close, and also better um, user experience uh, from an employee net promoter score perspective. It's those types of examples that uh, um, kind of embolden us to also make that statement that we can help customers must become intelligent enterprises. It is a, a very deep, a very broad offering, but, but it's a journey, isn't it? And I know SAP is also on that journey to becoming this fully intelligent enterprise. But I would have to say, you know, normally a journey you'd imagine has a destination, but this is really a journey without an end because businesses continue to face new challenges. The pandemic was just one. And so I, I imagine that this is more of a discipline than a journey. How, how far would you agree with that? I fully agree with you. I mean, if you just take a um, you know, point-driven view and uh, you take a look at SAP today, let's say after the first quarter. Yes, we are on a march uh, and uh, we had a very successful um, start to the year, a very busy one as well. I mean, uh, I'm now for the 29th quarter in my role as the group CFO. 
and it was uh, the most successful quarter that I ever had the privilege uh, to uh, you know um, talk to the markets about the results. But it was also filled with tremendous transformational steps, uh, like we introduced uh, Rise with SAP, which is a holistic business transformation as a service offering for our customers to take them from their legacy uh, ERP landscapes to a modern cloud-based architecture. Uh, we announced the IPO of our subsidiary Qualtrics, which we bought two years ago for eight billion, and uh, actually. Uh, it came to the market at uh, around about 18 billion, which was very successful. We announced an acquisition, which is strategically very important uh, um, to us uh, of Signavio, uh, and then had the business results. Um, but let's be clear, um, this all, from my perspective, goes back to some pivotal steps uh, that uh, we had to take and were gladly taking last year in 2020 during the pandemic. Again, coming back to the point of leaning into the crisis, we were, we were affected by um, COVID. Our classic license business uh, went down by more than 30%, actually. Wow. We saw that our cloud businesses did uh, um, very well, um, except yeah. for one, uh, which is Concur, which is a cloud T&E software for obvious reasons, given the travel lockdowns uh, that uh, happened all around the world. And so we had to decide, are we becoming bold um, or do we just try to muddle through? And we decided to become bold. We announced that we will accelerate our business model transformation to the cloud. We will invest heavily into this, into our cloud infrastructure, into R&D in order to develop no new offerings uh, for industry cloud solutions and many other um, areas. And we had to inform the market that this business model transformation comes at a cost at the beginning due to reduced profitability, but will actually yield a higher price at the end uh, due to higher growth rates uh, and a more resilient business model. That was tough. Uh, and uh, we were certainly suffering in terms of a short term share price drop when we announced this. Um, but it has set us up certainly uh, for the successes that we are seeing now and for the confidence that we have in the future. And uh, it's therefore indeed a race without a finishing line uh, across your corporate existence. You will always face uh, those either externally introduced or internally necessary uh, pivotal moments in which you need to decide, uh, am I playing defense or am I playing offense? And uh, I think uh, history has proven in our industry, at least, uh, is uh, if you go into the offense, uh, you can actually translate a crisis into an opportunity and with every intention to follow through on that. Uh, you're so right. So many organizations that they, they sheltered from the crisis and others leaned into it. And, and now we can see the results. Um, moving on somewhat, business process intelligence. This is something that obviously takes up a lot of your time, BPI. Uh, I think it's very important for people to understand what it means, what it represents. Could you tell us a little bit more on why SAP is investing so heavily? It's for me one of the most exciting opportunities uh, that I've ever witnessed uh, at SAP and I've just celebrated my 25th anniversary with the company so I passionately raised my hand uh, when we discussed in the board um, who should lead this initiative from a board um, sponsorship perspective. Um, it is to me at the end of the day, one of the most critical answers to our statement that we can help companies uh, become intelligent enterprises. Because for an intelligent enterprise transformation, yes, you need systems, you need data, um, you need, of course, also people that are owning and uh, driving the transformation. But at the end of the day, it all has to come together in intelligent business processes. Um, and uh, if you only lift a system from, let's say, on-premise to the cloud, you have not done a business transformation. 
you have just uh, changed the location of your software. If you put all of your data together in a data lake, uh, but you're not really connecting it uh, with uh, new business capabilities, uh, then uh, the value will also be quite limited. So what we want to offer with business process intelligence is actually a holistic process management and process transformation suite um, that allows customers to transparently design and model new business process designs and then roll them out um, to the process expert communities in their respective companies and govern the adoption of those uh, um, process changes. And then you need to have a constant ability to challenge and benchmark the actual process execution against your design, but also external best practices. And we are providing capabilities that allow customers to do exactly that benchmarking to get also into the weeds of the processes through process mining or user behavior mining and to see what's really going on, uh, whether uh, the organization is actually li living up to the process designs. And then very importantly, through integration to process automation capabilities, like, for example, robotic process automation or low-code, no-code um, capabilities to actually change and overcome the process inefficiencies uh, through better automation. So to give you one example, um, if uh, um, you have designed an order to invoice process where you say whenever you send out an invoice to a customer, there should be a purchase order attached to it so that the customer can immediately match uh, that this is subject to a valid uh, PO. Um, but uh, if uh, the users find this very cumbersome because it's very manual to attach it uh, to the invoice, uh, you might see that uh, your collected cash is actually going down. And then you have to find out why is that? Is there a discrepancy between the process design and the execution? And when you find that out uh, through process mining or user behavior mining, um, then you can uh, deploy a bot automatically that actually does this manual work uh, that the users don't uh, seemingly want to do, uh, just automatically automatically as an automatic feature and that way you can improve the processes and bring your process KPIs back uh, to uh, where they are supposed to do and that's the promise that we have with BPI um, and that's why it's so essential as a component of our intelligent enterprise strategy. What do you say to organizations who may or may not be SAP customers who go oh I, I don't need BPI I'm not big enough I just don't have enough going on for BPI. Well, the good news is uh, that you don't need to be an SAP customer to benefit from BPI. BPI and a lot of its capabilities is agnostic. Uh uh, if you design a business process, for example, um, then uh, it, in the first step, uh, it's actually not dependent on a, a specific business system underneath it. Um, and uh, um, our um, uh, recent acquisition, Signavio, for example, uh, which offers many of those capabilities that I've just talked about as part of our um, business process management suite, um, has had prior to the acquisition uh, a majority um, of their revenues of their business in process mining, for example example, uh, in spaces that were not uh, SAP-centric, uh, but uh, also had to do sometimes with custom-built solutions. So BPIs for companies of all sizes and certainly also for non-SAP uh, systems, yes, there are certain features that optimally play out uh, if uh, you have an SAP system running underneath. For example, we have a vast benchmarking um, database as part of BPI, which allows customers to benchmark their process effectiveness against best-in-class KPIs and receive recommendations on which uh, functions of an SAP system they should switch on or configure in a different 
different way in order to optimally uh, influence their business process KPIs. That obviously then requires an SAP system underneath it to benefit from the recommendations. But those are only uh, pieces of the offering. And the main part on process design and modeling and also mining uh, is totally agnostic. So uh, that is not a valid argument to not take a look. <laughs> I, I get the message loud and clear. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. Um, all right. Our time is almost up. But, you know, I've got something else I wanted to talk to you about. Every year, SAP hosts some very large global events. And I'm pretty sure one's coming up in June, Sapphire Now. What is Sapphire Now and, and when does it take place? And are you in person or virtual? Yeah, it's, uh, this year it's obviously a virtual event. It was virtual already last year. Under normal circumstances, Sapphire now is our um, largest global uh, annual user and customer conference. Uh, so it usually takes place in Orlando and Florida. We usually have 25,000 uh, um, on-site visitors and then, of course, a large number of people uh, joining virtually. Uh, the last two years it has been entirely virtual. Uh, the benefit of that is that actually your reach even further amplifies. So we had a significant six-digit number um, of viewers last year, and we expect certainly at a minimum the same uh, in uh, 2021. Um, so um, how will it take place? It starts on uh, uh, June the 2nd uh, with uh, some opening keynotes from our CEO, Christian Klein, and then an inspirational visionary uh, session with our founder, Hasso Plattner, which always kind of is the highlight uh, of Sapphire, talking about the next generation of technology and innovation. And uh, actually, I'm I'm proud to say that I uh, have the strong uh, expectation that BPI will be part of this uh uh, of this session of Hasso as well there. And then we have two and a half weeks um, of uh, programs um, that is uh, split into regional programs so that it's better uh, um, possible to view it from uh, the Americas, Europe and, and Asia. Uh, it's split into eight streams uh, for finance, HR, um, um, customer relationship professionals, supply chain professionals, and so on and so forth, uh, where we really give a lot of uh, um, you know customer best practice examples, demos of upcoming functionalities, a lot of product announcements and partnership announcements um, are taking place. Uh, we also will host a Capital Markets Day um, as part uh, of uh, Sapphire now. So a really broad um, offering. Um, I'm uh, glad that we will have uh, uh, great news to share also around uh, BPI, including new partnerships, uh, new product-centric um, announcements, and also attractive offerings for our customers. So I can only encourage everybody uh, to listen in. But I have to say, after two years of uh, not only for Sapphire now, but for everything else, uh, purely virtual work, I'm also looking forward next year, May and J or June, uh, to be back in Orlando and uh, uh, benefit from some of the warm weather over there and meet some customers in person. That would be so nice. And uh, how lovely that BPI is clearly going to be a headline this year, and I suspect next year as well. But yes, oh my goodness, we're all looking forward to in person again. All right, last question. Our time is up. What is next for, for you and SAP? Anything on the horizon you can give us a little sneak peek about? Yeah, look, I mean, we defined our pivotal moment in 2020, as I said. I mean, we uh, really completely overhauled our strategy. 2021 is certainly a year of execution against this strategy. We announced some uh, important steps as part of it. For example, uh, we have just announced the formation of a joint venture entity to be fully dedicated on the financial services industry called Fioneer. Obviously, we are working through now um, to um, you know, um, um, achieve the um, goal 
live of this entity subject to um, you know antitrust approvals and everything else that needs to happen there so we are focused on this otherwise it's really largely execution um, of our strategy of course we're always watching out uh, for the next wave of uh, um, technological disruption horizon free based uh, innovation so we're looking into new areas uh, um, like uh, quantum computing and so on but that's a little bit further uh, out and for me personally well i have to say uh, i'm looking forward to my first uh, vacation in uh, more than a year um, <laughs> knock on wood uh, uh, if uh, the uh, you know covid situation allows it i plan to spend a couple of days uh, in italy and then in my second home in croatia uh, where my father came from many years ago uh, to Germany. Um, and uh, afterwards, I really want to make sure that BPI is, uh, um, you know, a breakthrough success in 2021. Uh, we have the ambition as of next year to really make it a mainstream component of all of our uh, um, um, solution areas, uh, not only ERP, but also procurement, HR, and the other solution areas. So there's a ton of uh, engineering work going on uh, to achieve that and uh, continued integration. Um, and uh, if we achieve that, um, come the beginning of next year, we can set our sights uh, on the next endeavors. Uh, but for now, we're heads down and uh, looking to execute and close a very strong year for SAP. So much to do. Uh, Luca, thank you very much indeed for not only your story, but great insights into SAP, into the world of what SAP offers. And also, thanks for all the asparagus. We appreciate it. Dankeschön. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.